Hi, folks. I am Blonde in the Belly of the Beast. As you know, because you're on my channel, I really need to rebrand, but what's the point? Because I'm going to be banned in like four seconds. Um, I have the legend Black Pigeon Speaks on my channel today for an interview. I'm so glad you can join me. Welcome. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I oh, very much appreciate it. And it's been a long time since we talked. So yeah. it's uh, just the pre-discussion. the pre -discussion. It was very, very nice to get caught up with you. So yeah, I definitely. very much want to say thank you so much for having me. Of course, we're we're not going to have an uplifting discussion. So if you're if you're looking for hope, you're in the wrong neck of the internet woods right now. I mean, <laughs> I just all day and all week. It's not just because of this Biden thing, but I'm really emotionally internalizing living in a failed state, and it's it's a lot more difficult than I had anticipated. And we haven't even gotten to the hard part yet. Um, mm. So I don't know. I don't know. I, I understand exactly how you feel. And I said before, you know, I've been feeling that sort of malaise almost for the entire year, especially not only the Biden thing. I mean, that was pretty much the establishment not even caring about the idea of political theater at this point. They're just like, no, we're, we're just going to do it and we don't care. And we're going to silence anyone who has yeah. any opposition toward it. But also just what I've found to be our population's are just are like not only ours, like in America or Canada or Australia, but like almost in the entirety of the Western world, how easily we've rolled over and allowed ourselves to be basically thrown into our houses and, and made prisoners in our own homes for a year. And whereas, you know, you can have any sort of political protest insofar as it's communist derived or racially derived, you can loot, you can arson, you can, you can murder. And these things are seen as beneficial, glorious things by our establishment that are allowed to, you know, continue for months upon months. But if you even try and say, well, hold on a minute, I don't think that locking down an entire society to take care of the vulnerable people is a good idea. I mean, I even had a video where there was one sentence in the video and I said, I'd never heard of any situation ever in history that I've ever looked at where the healthy are being quarantined yeah so you ever watch old movies i mean i remember one there was a couple movies that were always on around christmas time when i was a kid sound of music yeah which i loved you know doe a deer a female <laughs> i still love that that movie i can watch it like any time just that opening scene where she's on the hill and she's doing that spin and the hills i i got it's just like magic i'm getting like a little bit tingling <laughs> feelings uh and the other one was the ten commandments and um, in the Ten Commandments, if if you've ever seen it, or was it the Ten Commandments or was it? Uh, no, no, no. Ben-Hur, Ben-Hur, excuse me. A Tale of Christ. Yeah, it wouldn't be the Ten Commandments. The mm -hmm. Ben-Hur, Charlton Heston. I think it was made in 1950 or something like that. Like, But it was one of the first movies, I think, that had color because it was like you could tell like it was colorized, but it not like a modern color. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Anyway, the point was is that after he had avenged himself against his nemesis that wrongly threw him into a galley to be a slave and row himself to death. And he defeated him in the arena in Rome in a, in a chariot race. He went to find his mother and sister that had been basically uh, made lepers by their time in a dungeon, but they were in a leper colony. And, and the idea is that, that it, what I'm trying to get at is I've never heard of any instance in ever where healthy people were quarantined, you know, it would always be the vulnerable or the sick. And, and we have no, we have no organized pushback against this. And there's no, I don't see any, any groups really fighting this. And I just saw today, I just woke up and I saw Biden is doing a hundred day mask, something or other. And, you know, he's talking about a two month quarantine nationally. I'm just like, Jesus, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm getting a little bit uh, ahead of myself here, but I just- Oh, no, no, no. I, I had tons of questions lined up about this. Um, yeah. And I talked to Legal Man and I talked to Computing Forever in my previous interviews. Mm. I, I wanted all these interviews to kind of be in the same theme and just having multiple yeah. perspectives on the same issues. Yeah. But the most disappointing thing about all of this was uh, I didn't expect people to be so compliant. And I think that's, that's one of the reasons exactly. I'm making this so hard. It's not that we're losing our mobility and our ability to move around, even though I love to travel and everything like that. Um, and that's going to be hard. It's going to be really hard for you too. Yeah. But I, I still had some faith in the individual's ability to to reason through these things and to um, to 
to realize that their lived experience is is running contrary to the media narrative about the coronavirus. And I'm just not seeing the kind of pushback that is going to necessitate uprooting this entire mask mandate and, and all the lockdowns. And I thought that at this point, if they continued with this, that people would just be freaking out. But everybody, it's just enough to keep them docile, just enough money, just enough porn, just enough Netflix, yeah. da DoorDash, just to keep people in this in this stage of compliance. Just, so do you think that they're going to be able to continue this um, or that at some point people are, are going to push back? Because well, I find this situation intolerable and I'm in freedom-loving North Idaho. Uh, listen, dear, I, I look at this and I would have said six months ago that it couldn't go on for another six months. And the words you just use, the vocabulary, uh, and I think vocabulary is important. The vocabulary you used was compliant and docile. And <laughs> I honestly, six months ago, would not have expected that people could take it for another six months. But I think you're right. If there's enough Netflix, enough Uber Eats and enough porn, all that's going to be required after this is some sort of like basic minuscule UBI. Yeah. And I don't think it's going to make any difference. I mean, you already have, I think the, the taxpaying population in the United States is obviously in the minority. Like I think it's something like 30, like a, a net taxpayer in the United States. And all you're going to have to do is, you know, bribe people with $500. I mean, it's been done in America's inner cities for the last 50 years with the idea of you'll you know you can have this welfare you can have these checks but don't burn down the cities and um i think we're moving into a state now i mean this is i think oswald spengler in the decline of western civilization he talked about civilizations having um a, a spring a summer an autumn and a winter and the idea is that in the spring a, a society has energy it's moving out it's it's building and if you take a look at somewhere like North America, the United States, that was in the 1770s all the way up probably to the 1890s. And then another, another very interesting thing about that is that when a civilization is in its spring, it doesn't need borders. It only needs borders once it's in its winter because it has mm -hmm. to protect what it's already built. Right. And now we were talking earlier about how you're seeing caravans of um, people coming up from El Salvador, Guatemala, and uh, Nicaragua. No, no, excuse me. They broke through the Guatemalan border. I think there's people in Guatemala obviously joining them. So I think they were from either Honduras or El Salvador, or probably a mixture of the two. And they're making their, they're marching their way to the border the same way people did in 2015, 2016, when they marched all the way from, you know, Pakistan into Europe and they chose which country they didn't go to what was the you know the first safe harbor they went to where they could get the most handouts and that was yeah. germany sweden the netherlands england and um what we're witnessing right now is unfortunately and i i don't want to be so blackpilled and we were saying previously but i honestly think in terms of the decline and fall of civilizations as basically postulated by oswald spengler and this was he postulated this back in i think it was 18 19 1913 or so so it's over 100 years old this idea that he had that we are in, we are in basically the twilight of whatever our civilization is and countries like america and the fact that they were able to squash any and all speech with regards to the recent election if you have any opinions uh that are contrary to lockdowns your voice is, is squelched um we're, we're not living in in a democracy or a republic, we're, we're living in in basically the end of those things. Oh so. yeah, I totally agree. And you know what changed things for me? I, I kind of had some hope uh, mm -hmm. for this country until the Molly Tibbetts murder happened. Do you mm. remember that? Mm. I do. Yes, I do. Um, and I I found out that it was an illegal immigrant, and, and I always thought that once people's children were being raped and murdered, or, or they're going to try to take their children from them, that was going to change everything. And then I see her dad come out and he's talking about like how he loves tacos and shit. I'm like, what is yeah. happening? And that, and he was from Ohio or Iowa. And, the, and uh, that's when I realized like people in the breadbasket of America are, are not connecting the dots in terms of this illegal immigration thing. Like right. they, they will sacrifice their children. So did you see this project Veritas video? Um, 
a week or two ago with the the guy from PBS talking about how he actually wants to take people's children and put them in re-education camps. I actually didn't see the video, but I I read an article on RT and and strangely enough, I don't read American media at all anymore. Uh, I don't trust RT insofar as when they because they'll they'll do look at a look at Russia's new super advanced jet plane. Wow, look how great it is, and it's cheaper than the F. 35 or whatever it is. So I don't, I don't, you know, take everything I say on these, these sites seriously, but I read things like Al Jazeera. I read the, I just don't read any Anglo news. And, um, I did hear about that, uh, exactly what you were talking about. And he was talking about not only taking them away from their parents, but reeducating them, Mm -hmm. you know, like that's this, this is like right out of the playbook of a gulag of the Soviet union circa 1935. Mm -hmm. And, and it's being espoused openly in, in our political discourse right now. And, and I have no control. It's taxpayer funded and I have no control over that. Yeah. It's straight up well, theft for my child to be taken and then re-educated. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, the thing is, is that in a lot of countries right now, I'm not sure exactly how, how it would work in Idaho, but I saw in, I think it was Canada recently, there was, and actually he's, he's a father that's been... Uh, I've I've chatted with him and I've been talking to a transgender. Uh, I, I don't I don't know the exact labels of these things. Sorry, because it's just I've, like so she was she was born a girl, and as a young teen thought she wanted to be a boy, mm-hmm. and she did all of these puberty blockers and and hormones and I guess testosterone grew a beard, and then realized like wait a minute no I don't want to be this anymore I I was just confused, and then she detransitioned but the problem is like she she lost her beard and and she looks like a normal girl now mostly but her voice sounds like mine yeah so and that won't ever change back and she i've talked to her about like her regret and she actually put me in touch with a man in uh british columbia which is just north of you in idaho and his daughter uh he he did not give consent uh to his daughter going through um transgender reassignment I, I i don't even know the words for gender reassignment what, what, what that, yeah you know what i'm talking about right and and he, it split him and his wife and his wife is totally on board with his daughter doing he's not and he's basically just been like he's, he's been depersoned as her father by the state because he won't go along with this and 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 the state will not listen to his and this girl is underage by the way i should say that his daughter is underage and the state is allowing her to go against the father's wishes on these sorts of things. So I look at these, these things in isolation, but as a, as a total sum of things, I, I just, I wonder, you know, where, where, what is the end goal of all of this? And I'm wondering more and more if the end goal is not anything more than the demoralization of people and, and just demoralizing to the point where it's just like, I don't care about anything anymore. And I think a lot of people are getting that to that point. You yeah, know, I like, mean, this only makes sense to me <coughs> from a Christian context anymore. <coughs> oh, it, sorry, sorry, sorry. I've got. I've got oh, no, no, it's okay. No, I've, um, got a, I've got. I've got what's like a, a sinus problem. That, uh, um, that's yeah. It's a, it's a sinus problem. I don't. I don't have the coof. Even if I did have the coof, you know, we're fine. separated <laughs> by by thousands of of miles of ocean, so it's okay. Oh, it's okay. I've been triple vaccinated. So, so. Mm, mm, <laughs> just mm, mm, I would never, I would never. Yeah, yeah, um, so. But yeah, this it, only it, makes sense from a Christian is, context. Now. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, please. Christian context. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh, no, no, it's okay. Um, I, I just didn't understand any of this until I, I really started to realize that there are actual evil forces at play. I used oh, to just think yes, these people yes. are, they're, they're morally bankrupt and they're hedonistic, but now I'm thinking like no, it's evil. Panic, yeah. No, no, they, 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 there is evil forces. That's that's a that's a conclusion that I think many people that I've spoken to. It's weird that you just said that because we haven't talked in a long time. That you've come to that same conclusion that mm-hmm. I have, and that many other people I've been talking to is that yes, this is not a, a measure of moral bankruptcy. This is not degeneracy. This is not any of the sort of general terms that people like to throw at this. This is a, a, a this is evil. And these are evil forces. And um, we are living in a time right now that is evil. And I don't want to get too biblical because I did grow up. I grew up and I, I can talk about the Bible a lot. I grew up Christian and I don't really talk about it because people dismiss you 
if you try and even bring back some of the stories from the Bible. And I think the stories from the Bible, people will go, well, you know, Dawkins and, and Hitchens. I mean, which I, I really like uh, Hitchens. But I mean, the point is, like, well, you know, these are fantasy. What do they call them? The Sky Daddy or the sky daddy, fantasy yeah. Sky Daddy. It's, that's not the point. It's not the point. A lot of the stories in the Bible are allegories. And they're mm -hmm. allegories that are timeless teachers of of right, wrong, good, bad. Um, th there are these stories about redemption, about forgiveness, but these it doesn't mean that oh well, there's a sky daddy and you know he made he made you out of a rib. You know, you being a woman, for example. You know, oh yes, the woman's a rib. Um, no, obviously, you you have to look at things in in a perspective. Um, and the stories, like even the stories of Adam and Eve. I mean, I read this really interesting book by an author named Daniel Quinn, and he wrote a kind of a trilogy. One of them was called Ishmael. The second one was called The Story of B, and B being a blasphemer, The Story of B, and My Ishmael. And, and the ideas were basically, I think, I don't want to say it, but I think Jordan Peterson has ripped off a lot of his ideas from Daniel Quinn because these books were written in the 1990s. Early nineties, by the way. I mean, Jordan Peterson is an unscrupulous grifter. No, well, who would have thought? Who would have thought? You know, like you know, the fact he's come back in the immediate first video he makes is he's selling some course for seven dollars and fifty cents on his yeah. on his on his YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, a lot of these things where people are like, oh wow, that's really insightful. Actually, a guy named Daniel Quinn wrote these same ideas like in 19, I think the books were published in the early nineties. They could have been written in the in the late eighties if they were published in the nineties. I would imagine. Um, but the ideas are, there are in there that are even, even in, in the story of Genesis of, of, of Adam and Eve and of being expelled from the garden and, and having to live by the sweat of your brow. Um, the Bible is absolutely chalked filled with ideas, stories, and, and lessons that are timeless. And it's, it's just edgy people going, Ooh, well, you know, how could, how could a woman actually be made from a rib? How is yeah. it? That's not the point. Right. Yeah. So anyway, so I'm just going right off on a tangent here. Oh but, no, it's true. In terms of the Hitchens uh, brothers though, it, I think it's very interesting that, that Christopher Hitchens was kind of devoured by his own hedonism and that Peter, who I always thought was the inferior intellect has proved to be more of uh, man uh, of the two of them and Peter Peter yeah he was he was devoured by his 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 thing I mean he was a, he was a chain smoker I mean how old was he when he died he was still smoking he wasn't that he old was. I think he was in his maybe early 50s, 50s or 60s yeah. I don't know but I mean it, yeah exactly like he was devoured by his own his own degeneracy where Peter it's interesting if you actually watch Peter right now they almost use him as a caricature of what a British man was so so the establishment press i mean he's got a column i think in the in the independent or the times i can't remember which he's got a column that he generally writes but you know the bbc and the wider sky sky news and you know yeah, i mean you spent time in the uk you know these these uh the mm -hmm. guardian uh they they use him as a caricature to make fun of what english men used to be no cheerio <laughs> yeah, used to be like the bowler hat the bowler hat mm -hmm. stiff upper lip um you know because he he doesn't give off you know, he, he has that reserved British, I guess the, the, what I'm saying is the, the stereotypical reserved presence of a British man pre-1970, I guess. Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I would agree. I actually, I think, I think Peter is actually, you're right. He's, he's proven himself to actually be the more, the more, I, I would say the better brother. I mean, Christopher Hitchens was all in on these wars in the Middle East at the end and, I mean, he was he was very intelligent in his ability to articulate himself and in debate, but that doesn't mean you're right. Yeah, he was an intellectual that lacked yeah. logos, and then we see we see uh, Peter that has been kind of redeemed by his faith, and nobody has been better about coronavirus than Peter Hitchens. Mm -hmm. um, I guess we should talk about that. I mean, <laughs> I, do you really see circling back? Do you do you see an end to this? Like, what do you see as the future of the West um, in terms of lockdowns and rolling mask mandates and things like that? Well, I, I don't think it's going to end anytime soon. The only problem is is they're going to have to placate the masses that don't have any mm -hmm. jobs. I mean, yeah. the entirety of what what was left of the so-called middle class that everybody tries to pretend they're part of, which m most people aren't anymore. Um, I mean, you've got to basically, if you want to have this is well, 
this is another thing about the end of of empires or the end of civilizations is that everyone is scrambling to work for the state because the state is the only uh, reputable, not reputable, but the only dependable employer is the state. And that's when the state bulges in size. Take a look at our, our society right now. And we were talking about my own, my own family uh, earlier um, before we got onto the, the, the chat here. Um, I'm pretty much of the opinion that there is not going to be any way out of this other than completely repudiating the idea of lockdown. And we absolutely, as a people, need to stop being compliant or they're going to have to roll out some sort of universal basic income because our society is grinding to a halt right now. So I, I talked to my friends. I got friends here in Tokyo and they're, they're like, you know, they were investment bankers. And now because of algorithms, investment bankers aren't even necessary. So these guys were making millions of dollars, you know, 10 years ago. And now they're all just playing the stock market. And they're like, oh, it's so great. I mean, I talked to a friend of mine the other day. He said, you know, if you got those stocks when I told you to buy them, you would have made $50,000 this week and, and whatnot. So, and I say, well, do you, do you realize that, you know, the entirety of, of the airline industry has collapsed? Um, the uh, tourism and um, hospitality sector, which I think was one of the largest, probably the third largest in terms of employment and, uh, and money generated, um, has evaporated. Um, there are people that have nothing and people are losing their homes. People are, oh, well, the stock market's good stock market's good so what a boomer take <laughs> yeah well yeah it is a boomer take and and these generally these people are boomers when i talk to them um i i, I see it as either we have to stand up and rise up or we pretty much become as using your vocabulary again the compliant docile population that i think our overlords believe us to be in and i don't even want to say it that i i'm starting to believe that we are because um, when I when we were talking at the beginning of this conversation about the outright, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm not going to. No, Joe Biden, he's he's the legitimate president of the United States, and he's the most pre, he's the most popular president ever. <laughs> by, by <laughs> it's vote. so preposterous. <laughs> yeah, by vote, he's the most popular president, more popular than Obama, even in black cities, right? So even in in a, in a black county or a black, he's more popular than Obama. Of course he is. Of course he is. And I'm just saying this for the censors, but. Uh, if if we are now in a position where even the illusion of political theater, they don't even have to have the illusion of anymore. We're we're in a different time, and and I think our population. I always thought you you brought up Molly Tibbetts, and I always thought the same thing. Like once people's children are being harmed, that's the sort of red line. But take a look at places like the UK. Take a look at places like uh, Germany where they have organized gangs of groomings, grooming gangs. And I'm, I'm using grooming. You understand what that means. And they're generally new British and new Germans or, or, you know, new Germans that just came in since 2015. And they're the authorities are allowing for the organized rape of their children. And there is no popular pushback. I don't know if there is a red line anymore. No, and uh, in the West, especially, um, I mean, what you're talking about is at least on a societal level, but on an individual level, look at the transgender initiative. I mean, like Desmond the Amazing, he's pimped out by his mom, by his mom. And so I'm seeing people um, really need this social currency more than uh, the value that loving your child provides them. It's more important to them. And that's how I can tell that there's been this this really significant shift yeah. in um, how we fulfill ourselves and how we fulfill our spirits. And I do have a lot of questions about, about that too. I just watched your video on the social credit system and it's so good. It's so good. Everybody needs to check it out. Um, and Morgoth was actually the first person that that put this in my brain and I've been thinking about it a lot, that China's credit system is at least above board. We've instituted a credit system here and it's it's so subversive. And so I was going to ask you a few questions about this, but do you think that systems like the social credit system in China and what we have going on in the United States and in Canada and the West um, are a manifestation of living in a secular society since culturally we're failing to adopt a code of morality? Um, 
Okay, yeah, I would say that these things are necessary once society moves away from God. Now, whatever that God may be to you, one of the crucial things of our species and every historical society that we know of, and not even just civilizations, but if you go to the deepest parts of Africa or places that never even were able to invent the wheel, much less numerals, one of the bedrocks of human society has been a belief in the divine. Um, even if you go back to, so it's it's a very interesting book. It was written by a guy named Graham Hancock and it's called Supernatural. And his postulation is a bit wonky, I think. He talks about, you know, psychedelics as being the precursor to human intellect or human idea. But the, the thing about our society, our species, excuse me, is that most people don't understand, like people have heard the terms Neanderthal, they've heard the words Cro-Magnon, and then ourselves. And the only difference between us and Cro-Magnon humans is our habits. So physiologically, we were utterly the same. But Cro-Magnon man, he just shuffled around. As far as we know, going back in the fossilized record, it goes back to at least two, 200,000 years of us being physically what we are today at least in europe and um um cro-magnon man the distinction between cro-magnon and homo sapiens sapien is a division in our habits once about forty thousand years ago something happened to our species where we exploded with art and um we ideas and inventions and tools where for about 160,000 of those years, the same physiological beings that are us, Cro-Magnons, um, just were like kind of shuttling apes for the most part. Just no, 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 not tools, but no augmentation of those tools. Nothing right. changing. But, but even Cro-Magnon man, for those 200, 160,000 years, they buried their dead. They had funeral rites for their dead, um, which is basically rudimentary religion on any term. And I think that our species, a belief in the divine is hardwired into us and that we are so, as a species right now, gone off the rails where we think that... One of the things I love about uh, people is you don't believe in science. Science is being this final arbiter of everything where science is just ideas and those science, those ideas can change. And then they don't like science when those, those, you know, those proofs or, or the ideas basically derail their, their worldview. But I think that, yeah, I, I would agree with you on the idea that being secular and, um, having no faith in in any any sort of divine is what is derailing our society and that's why we are having these sort of i guess civilizational hiccups not even hiccups these this would be more like vomiting you know <laughs> this is not a hiccup this is this is like retching uncontrollable yeah. dry retching yeah. um for for lack of but i would absolutely agree with you i think um and and people now even it's the same thing as I would say even 20 years ago when people would laugh at a woman who said, I want to be a housewife. I want to be a mother. Whoa, 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 you, you stupid, silly woman. Why would you possibly want to do that rather than work in a cubicle till you're like old you know, like and childless and alone? You know, what's wrong with you, woman? And I think we're, we're pretty much in that same state right now. If you said, well, I believe in God. And the, you know, they'll laugh at you as though you're some kind of you know, baboon. <laughs> so yeah 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 and in that way i think that um people on the right and in the in the youtube sphere we've kind of all done ourselves a disservice by starting off with this feminism wrecked feminist lol perspective and all of us did it like i i even i because i'm kind of self-hating I, I always thought like it is women women have have done this to society but i i needed to zoom out a little bit more and think like it's because um we've all lost our ability to fulfill our natural gender roles and then zoom out even more and be like exactly. it's because we've abandoned god and I, that's finally I, what i'm doing exactly. now and i feel like i just exactly. see it all um and i feel a little bad about this you know i've, I've really it's really been hard on on my sex. 
No, exactly. So. I, I did. I did the exact same thing, and I'm still remembered. This video was one of the first videos that was ever put into a limited state. It was a, a video. I made. It was called uh, "Why Women Destroy Civilizations." Yeah, I remember. That's yeah. like seven or eight million views. Something crazy, <laughs> and people still still you know talk about it now. It's it's been off the internet for years and years and years. Um, yeah, and. What I what I failed to grasp, I think, was the idea exactly what you just said. There is the problem is is that women haven't been allowed to fulfill their gender roles for the last at least the last fifty to sixty years. Mm -hmm. And it's not that it was women; it's just that our society flip flopped and didn't give women a, a correct direction to go in. If 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 you understand, and men men didn't lead them in the right way. Yeah. You know, men, men just let them go off to pasture. That's and, true. And I've always had to take an issue with that. It's like yeah. either we're going to assign women agency and then give them responsibility for some of the damage that's been done, or we're going to be like women generally lack agency and they, they need to be led. And I'm kind of in that camp now because even I, who I'm an opinionated woman, I, I do kind of fill the container that I'm put in and I'm, I'm in a marriage where I, where I have to be led. And then, uh, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a woman of faith too. Um, and so I, I really believe that even, even the strongest women are looking for male leadership and it's I really know, important. I don't know any woman that isn't looking to be led. Yeah, to be yeah. honest, every woman I've ever met in my entire life, if they were honest, they would rather have somebody lead them than them have to lead. They don't want to, they, they want to follow. And that's not a disparaging comment. All it, all it does is recognize the fact that we as a species, and, and it's funny cause I was talking about, you know, Neanderthals and Cro-Magnon and, and, and our ascension up from that point is that we as a species have evolved certain traits that work. Yeah. And um, these are traits that we work together well. So you can't have a society with no men and you can't have a society with no women. Mm -hmm. We, we need each other. We need each other. I mean, that's just, that's, that, that's another thing that I, I made a video on, I think it was like the the ten problems I had with MGTOW. Oh, I bet they were really oh, that, unhappy oh, about that. Yeah, that that got me more hate than I think anything I've yeah. ever done in my life. Now, got me more hate than than women destroy civilizations. Yeah, and uh, it it really did. Uh, you know, the, the, I said these are the the ten biggest problems with MGTOW, and one of the ideas in that is that we are not adversarial, men and women. Like we're made to be with each other. I mean, yeah. Jesus Christ, look at us. Our parts fit together. <laughs> like, yeah. like, you know, like we're made to be together. And um, I would say that part of our evolution as a species is that women are there to guard the home, tend to the home, raise the children, educate the children, and be a loving, warm center of a home. And a man needs to go out and and earn the family's keep, you know. Whether that be a hundred thousand years ago, you have to go and you know spear a boar in the forest, or planting a bunch of corn, mm -hmm. whatever that may be. Um, and 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 we've gotten so far from this idea. I mean, I actually posted a picture of, uh, and all I said was, you know, China is quaking in their boots on my Twitter. It's actually the second post I have, and it was this gargantuan obese woman who was, it looked like she was either a warrant officer or an officer eating a taco on the floor of the Capitol building. Oh, she was national guard or the national guard. And just, and I was looking at that saying to myself, like how on God's green earth does this translate into a, a soldier to any other society on earth ever in history? You know, the, the, this is, this is a, a symbol of authority. You know, it's, it's preposterous. It's it would almost yeah. be laughable if it wasn't yeah. the situation we're in. And then that's yeah. another thing that I've I've kind of gone horseshoe theory on is uh how I feel about Muslims. I, I've been so hard on Muslims, but I have to look at their society and think like these are patriarchal stone age societies that see that that our society is right for the take for the taking. I mean <laughs> they, they, they they know it. They know it. Yeah. And and there was a meme that went around last year called Islam is right about women. Oh yeah. And it was hilarious because I saw some news, uh, like local news, not like national news. It probably was out of like somewhere like Washington because I, I still keep in touch with the the local news around the Pacific Northwest. Mm -hmm. just, I don't know. I just, I, you know, Como TV4 or, you know, like whatever. And um, just 
I, I guess because I'm from around there. That's why. And they they were showing this to women, and the women, the the the, what, the white women, they didn't know how to react. They were like, because they didn't know if it would be racist and 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 Islamophobic to say, well, Islam is right about women, or if if uh, if if it would be terrible to admit that they are, yeah. or but then it was racist to say so. So they were just like it was like this circular loop that they were caught in, and they just were like kind of giggling and looking strangely and looking around not even talking to the reporter and when she says well what do you think about this islam is right about women and um yeah i agree with you that the one thing is is i have i've had a video ready to debut for a long time about patriarchy and how it literally is the only system that we have as a society as a human civil as humans ever developed that is pro-natal that is family-centric and keeps civilization on board and continuing any, 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 any edifice, any kind of, of habit, any sort of societal glitch that is antenatal is anti-human. So our entire, our entire society right now is antenatal. The fact that you can now, you know, get a, an abortion on demand for, for any reason whatsoever, mm -hmm. we're not replacing ourselves. I think, I don't know what the United States, the, the birth rate is, but I wouldn't, I'm not, I'm, I'm a hundred percent sure, at least with the, the European population, it's not over two point one. I think, what do you need for replacement? 2.1, 2.2, something like that. Cause, uh, cause I think replacement is 2.1. I think Italy is oh, around 1.7, 1.8. Some of the other European yeah. countries are doing better. Yeah. Hungary and Poland are doing okay. Well, Hungary, Hungary is actually, you know, has, has pro-natal policies mm -hmm. and those pro-natal policies with the idea of let's make Hungarians for Hungary is coming under absolute attack from Brussels because mm -hmm. the idea is like, why don't you just import people from the Middle East or Africa rather than have pro-natal policies in Hungary with Hungarian mothers having Hungarian children. Um, all I was trying to get to was the point is that um, any any policy, any civilizational trend that is antenatal is anti-human. Yeah. And it, it, it is a function of a dysfunctional society. It's a dysfunctional society. If you cannot replace your population, you're a dysfunctional society. And yeah. as you said, when you were looking at Islam, they see it. They understand. We're right. I've even seen... Um, uh, Muslim imams, I, I'm not exactly, I can't remember what the word Impregnate is. But I, their women. Well, they, they absolutely do. They get, they get several women, but they also understand this very clearly, you know, um, uh, that, that natalism and birth rates and that is demographics are destiny. And no, this video of the imam that I think you're referring to, I think that, uh, he said like, we need to go to Europe. We need to impregnate their women. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. I don't know why women take in the West take such issue with this. They get so personally offended by this concept that, that we, we are, we have to be a patriarchy. Um, I don't think that they realize the incredible responsibility that, that comes with this kind of leadership, the male leadership. It's like, you don't want that response. I don't want that responsibility. I don't want to be in a leadership position. Yeah. Are you insane? Um, but I think that this whole Kamala Harris plan, I'm, I'm looking at this now and I'm and the left and I thought they were so incompetent. And now I'm like, wow. Oh no, they're, they're sinisterly, they, sinisterly yeah. competent. This, this was very elegant. And I, was, I think I said this in my last video um, with legal man, but, but I am, I would be impressed if I was not so horrified by this. But sure. I think that the plan here is that Joe Biden is going to be out in some way. He's going to die or he's going to get coronavirus. I don't know. He's going to be out. And I think that it was always about Kamala Harris. And they knew that she was too unpopular to be elected. Um, but they were also thinking she uh, has no moral core, so she'll be really dangerous. And she's a minority female. And so she's going to be impervious to criticism. And so they were like, perfect. I mean, everybody hates her guts. So we're not going to be able to get her in there legitimately. And I think she was even too unpopular um, to cook the books. So, so I right. think it had to be this way. I think it had to be Biden and Kamala. Just well, like I mean, this. If, if you, I would agree with you on that. And and if you actually take a look at Biden, I mean, he was literally hiding out in his basement. Yeah. And when he did have rallies, I mean, he could not even fill the gymnasium at an elementary school. Uh, it, 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 it's it, the idea is preposterous. Whereas, so far as uh, Obama, he got somewhere in in the tune of sixty. Uh, in the high 60s millions in votes and change i can't remember exactly um and he won somewhere along the lines of almost 900 counties in mm. the united states 
whereas Joe Biden supposedly got 80 million and change. I can't remember. It was over 80 million, 81, 84, something like that. And he only won somewhere along the lines of 400 counties. And he, he won like black cities with more votes. Well, then, then people, obviously, but then also the more than, than Obama did. Yeah, I'm supposed to believe that. And 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 also I I think I we just started when we talked uh in our conversation before we went live. I put on my Twitter, let me just bring that up. Um there's a the the most I I just put the most because you can't say anything honestly anymore on, on social media. So I said the most popular president in quotes by vote in American history, and it's it only has 260,000 views his inauguration which is before i got stra like basically strangled by by youtube i could get that easily in a in 24 hour period me me just m myself and this is coming out of the white house uh the white house's uh approved channel it has 189 million subscribers it only got 260,000 views the comments are turned off it has 6,000 upvotes and 28,000 downvotes if anyone like I actually was writing um, to I call him my frenemy. So when I first started out, his name is uh, I won't give his name, but he wrote a, a a paper. So he was the communications director for Bernie Sanders 2016 uh, campaign. Mm -hmm. And obviously that that fizzled out. So he needed something to do. So he went to um, the uh, Harvard Kennedy Business School and the Shorentine Center mm -hmm. to get a to get a grant. And he wrote, I don't know, it's like something like 30 pages on me, just me, just, just me. And, um, you know, and it was just, it was just a lot of liableness, uh, just, just, you know, crap. And over the years we've become, I, I would like to call him my frenemy, you know, cause I, I, I've even, I've even suggested we should do some streams together where we can bounce ideas off of each other, but it, it never seems to materialize. But, um, you know, he's this guy like ambiguous uh just like let, let's i'm not gonna i'm not gonna i'm not gonna slander him in any way because i'm not that kind of person let's just say though he is a just by the look of him he's probably in his mid to late 50s um and he's still absolutely believing in the theater of partisan politics and before we got on today i just wrote him i said because i was looking at some thread he was on in twitter and all of his little his little friends are like talking about oh not a biden we're gonna we're gonna it's gonna be a utopia and, you know the, the workers and, and i was thinking to myself then do you do you actually believe this stuff like i said one of the one of the key fundamentals i think that that is plaguing our society is that different groups of people are not even able to agree on what is reality anymore i know like what is real what is not real you know, and, and I sent him that same, that same photo where I have circles around comments turned off and likes versus, and I said, can we agree? I don't, you know, I know you support the Democrats. I mean, you, you, you're, he's a lifelong, uh, worker in the Democrat party. Like is, is, that's his, that's his thing. That's what he does. And I said, can we at least agree whether we support whoever we support that we're living in a make-believe world right now? And, and, and you, you do understand that the establishment has reasserted itself. I have, he, he hasn't written me back. So, <laughs> um, I, I honestly, and I, I wonder if he sees me as mentally deficient as I would see somebody who, who cannot see reality. So I'm not like, you know, as I said, I'm not a big Trump supporter. I don't think he did anything, uh, substantial. To, to stem the tide of this this sort of circling the drain in any way. The only thing I liked about Trump was his Twitter because it was hilarious, the stuff that yeah. we'd come out with. But other than that, like, um, I don't see, I see the Democrats, I see the Republicans. It's it's the same as in any, any democracy at this point where you look at somewhere like the England, you look at the Tories or you look at labor. I mean, it's just two sides of the same establishment coin. And um, I just, I just find it bizarre that people who, can can live until they're 50 years old and still not see that you know still and still be like invested in that this, this, oh, sorry i'm just getting a bit excited no but. no that's totally true i mean we can't agree and this is what legal man said to us the other day he's like you can't yeah. even at a family reunion get everybody to agree you know what games to play like my husband and i can't agree on what to 
eat for dinner or what movie to watch. It's like a country of 330 million people. We can't agree on shit. And mm-hmm. it's it's not even like we're having minor disagreements about um, implementation of the Constitution. It's it's like we're on different fucking planets. Exactly. Like I, Exactly. I can't, I can't I'm going to steal that. I'm going to steal that. Sorry, <laughs> no, it's true. Sorry. And I'm I'm looking at these people on the left. Um, you know, it used to be about racial issues and tribalism and and things like that. But I'm looking cool. at white leftists, and I'm like, I can't even live in the same country on different sides with you. Like, mm. I can't share a government with you because mm. what you want is to fundamentally destroy my way of life like i can't coexist with somebody I, and, and, and fundamentally destroy your your child's yes. future your child's yes. future as well sorry that that's very important it's very, very important, important. Yeah. so what do you do in that situation i mean uh we have no legal avenues to secede that's just not going to happen so i talk a lot about balkanizing but we're we'll still be under the thumb of the federal government so so what's the point of doing that and so i and so i fantasize about them um, having this this American European exodus back to Europe and, 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 you know, going back to the homeland, but the UK is totally fucked. And so what do I do about that either? I just feel like there's nowhere to go and like, there's nothing I can do and I can have a garden and I can be, you know, tight with my community and everything like that. But at the end of the day, are there really any measures that any of us can do to protect our children, to protect our families? Like, what do we do? I would I would say uh, I'm in the exact same position. I am actually being the European going back to Europe. I'm, I'm once COVID is done. I've been actually chomping at the bit to go back to Europe for years. And I was living as a as you know I was living in London in 2019, and I was supposed to go la- last year. That's when I was moving back. Um, but you don't want to move to places like London. Like I mean, that place is just as just as I'm trying to look, think of a word without using expletives. <laughs> it's like, um, it's, it's, it's not an appropriate place to raise a family. Let's say that. Um, but the thing is, is there are places to go. So, um, for example, like in, in places like where you are in Idaho, you know, head off to the Hills. It's a big country. Yeah. Like I know a lot of your, your audience is probably familiar with JF Garapé. He's a French Canadian YouTuber. And, you know, people like him or they dislike him, whatever. But he pretty much couldn't deal with the realities of a place like Montreal. And he's he won't even tell me where he lives. He just li- he just moved Sorry. way up north. And he lives in a cabin out in the woods. Um, Man, that I, sucks. I don't want to do that. But I mean, neither I, do I, will I. If I have to. That's, that's where we are at this point, right? And if you have the ability, for example, if you have a grandparent that was from Europe, you can get what's called ancestry visas. Um, you know, in literally almost every country. I mean, I've got one for the UK. Uh, my, my mother was from the UK. So, I mean, I have a, an, already a visa there. But, uh, yeah, and that's not really a, an optimal solution. But there are places like Malta that will... Malta is actually very, very attractive in the sense that they have water issues. So they're not going to... They, they do not allow these migrant boats to land. And they won't allow... Uh, because they've been what's... Basically, for the last... Since the the Knights Templar were pushed out of Jerusalem, and then they were pushed out of Rhodes. So uh, Rhodes is um, an island just off of the coast of Turkey, but it's actually a Greek island. And when the Knights Templar, when the Crusader Knights were pushed out of Jerusalem, they they got pushed back to Rhodes. And then when they got pushed out of there, they went to Malta. And Malta was built basically with money from the from the uh, the Vatican in order to be the defender of Europe, like, because Malta would always be a staging point for Islamic invasions to Europe. And Malta today is, um, the, the capital city is named Valletta and Valletta is one of the most beautiful cities I've ever been to. And it was actually built again with Vatican money, uh, with Vatican engineers and Vatican architecture architects. And it was built to be a city built by gentlemen for gentlemen is, is, is the motto you know, built by gentlemen for gentlemen. And um, it's beautiful. But the point is, is, is these small countries right now, you can, you could move into a country like that. And what's actually very attractive about that is the top tax bracket is only 15%. Oh, nice. Right. So, so that's another thing. One of the things I would say is no matter where you are is stop feeding the beast, you know, do everything legally. I'm not talking about, um, 
I'm not talking about avoiding taxes. I'm talking about minimizing your taxes. So if you can, you know, fix a guy's car and, and, uh, you know, he pays you in peaches and there's no, there's nothing going to the government. I see no problem with that. Yeah. You know, uh, bartering and, and these sorts of things, stop feeding the beast, stop feeding the beast. That's trying to destroy your life and trying to destroy your children's life as well. I mean, but in terms of, of tax evasion, although while I would never tell people to do anything illegal, yeah. it is possible that we die and, and we meet our creator and he's like, you voluntarily funded um, abortion through taxation. Mm. Mm. So there are moral values that are higher than than the law here. And so I think we also need to take into consideration that like taxation is theft. Um, it it is. really it is. gnawing at me it lately. Is. Because I've been buying land and I'm like, I'm going to have to pay property taxes on this. Do I ever even own this shit? Do no, I you don't. Own you this? never, you're, you're, never renting. Own it. you're renting. Yeah. You're renting. You're renting. You never own it. From the government. And that just, just yeah. rubs me the wrong way. And, yeah. you know, it's going to all of these initiatives to, you know, bring migrants into our country. And, and, you know, we have a horrible opiate epidemic here. We have all these gender issues and it's like none of our domestic problems are getting solved. Uh, tax money is going to God knows what it's like, should I have to opt into this system from a moral perspective? Of course not. Um, but if we don't, the law is being applied unequally and we will be imprisoned if we oh, don't. No, that's 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 another function of what's happening right now is the unequal application of law oh it's so absolutely 100 absolutely uh, and, and i think everyone is it's, it's becoming so glaringly apparent uh, the same thing with our with our with our friend joe and his election or his installation as i should say yeah. um it, it, these things are becoming so apparent that it, they're they're impossible to not notice at this point so but they don't care. They're not even trying to hide it anymore. And sometimes no. I'm like, maybe that's good that, that they feel like they don't have to be subversive. And then I'm like, that's that's clearly bad because that means they feel like they don't have to be subversive. They feel like they have controlled the narrative enough and mm. in a meaningful enough way that they aren't going to hide what they're doing anymore. Doesn't that mean that we're screwed? It means that we're, as I, as at looping right back to the beginning of our conversation, going into Oswald Spengler's The Decline of Civilization, we are in the, in the, in the winter of our civilization and they don't care anymore. I know. I they know. don't care. They don't even, they don't even care about the pretense of theater at this point. Absolutely not. And, and something that you said there is really important in the fact that, you know, you're paying taxes, but as you said, when you, you know, you die, which we all do and we'll meet our creator, you know, one day we will, all of us will. That's one thing you always have to remember is one day you will die. And, um, that we're living in a society that, sanctions and approves of and pays for the murder of the unborn so if you're i mean if there's any more vulnerable of of a human life than an unborn i don't know what is you know i i you think about like oh we're we're gonna stop our entire civilization now so morbidly obese 75 year olds who who you know drink coca-cola every day and eat big macs so they don't get the coof. They don't get the, you know, the, I don't want to say it on the stream. So it doesn't get like tagged it's called the coof. Oh, we're going to stop our entire civilization for these 79 year old, 300 pound Coca-Cola addicted junk food, eating elderly people. But you know, we got to, we got to stop society for them. So they don't get the coof or at least 1% of them don't get the coof. But yeah, we're, we're fine with like annihilating, you know, babies in, in, in their mother's bellies. And that's morally, it's morally defensible. So, yeah. I mean, Um, when I interviewed E. Michael Jones, uh, this was September, 2019. I, I asked him, you know, how do we, how do we keep, keep the light aflame and, and, and not be blackpilled? And he said, you know, we should be joyous in our persecution and we have the opportunity to build something better. And I'm seeing that this is the collapse is happening much more quickly than I thought. Um, and there is a little relief in that because uh, I was having so much anticipatory anxiety about it happening. And now that it's really happening and it's palpable, uh, there is something that that's a bit of a relief. Um, however, I don't see how in my lifetime I'm going to be able to contribute to building something meaningful. And so I know that it's going to fall on my daughter. And that's really what's hitting me so hard. It's like, her life is going to be um, 
tough. So much harder than mine. Yeah. No, so how do we cope with that? Like how, how do I stop being like this yeah, <laughs> all the time? It's, it's, I mean, because I had this conversation with a friend of mine yesterday and I said to her, I said, like, I feel sometimes I don't want to talk to you because I feel that I'm just projecting a lot of negative energy and I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm projecting a lot of like pessimism and, and, and just my deep despair um, that I'm in right now. And I think we talked about that before we went live just on just how I'm feeling that, especially with COVID now, it's like a dry run for just years and years of, of endless removals of our freedoms, you know, yeah. just, and, and we're just, we're just accepting it. We're, we're rolling over. And, and she said to me that, that it actually made her positive because there's always a way to turn things around. You just have to look at it. You know, it was turn your frown upside down. She didn't say that. That's obvious. That's something I think my mother, my mother used to say. She didn't say that, but it's the idea of, well, this is the reality. Cause I actually said to her, I said, I wish, I feel like I was born too late. You know, mm -hmm. I was talking to her and I said, I felt like I wish I was alive during like, you know, the, the swinging sixties in London, for example, or something like that. Or I wish I was, you know, and, and when, when our civilization was at its apex, at its zenith. And she said, well, you know, people like us, people like you, people like yourself. Um, how should I address you, blonde or, or Rebecca? Know. That's fine. Oh, I didn't know if people knew your name. Oh so. yeah, I'm docile. <laughs> okay, all right. I didn't know if if, if people knew your name. Uh, people like yourself, we're we're meant to be where we are, and it's people like us that are going to have to build what comes next for people like your daughter, mm -hmm. and and getting down to the nitty gritty and the work of that is what we're meant to do. And we're not born at the wrong time. I wasn't born at the wrong time. I felt like I, I feel like I was born too late. You know, I was, I, I have these, you know, romantic ideas of, you know, being, a, you know, somebody in the British, you know, East Indian company in the 1890s, you know, going between <laughs> Rangoon and Singapore, you know, and, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, stuff like that. And just, you know, eating with in a tan jacket and, you know, eating, delicious desserts while an elephant strolls by. <laughs> um, but that's never going to happen. So I have to, we have to work with what we've got. Yeah. And I think we were put here, people such as yourself, um, you were put here in order to be the one that has to live in the hard times and, and try to make things better. And it's not about being, it's not about being depressed about, our circumstances, it's about having the determination to change those. And I would agree with you insofar as um, the, the, the broader outlook is bleak. But, for example, you've already made the change of extricating yourself from Seattle. Yeah. Which is, uh, anyone, it was a great city when I was a kid in the 90s. It was it was a great place to, to be. It's it's a dystopian hellhole at this point yeah, it's rough. um i still have family that live in seattle um i'm not going to dox them because they get angry when i do that um but um you've already made the, the move to idaho and you're already changing your circumstances and i think that these are the the, the changes that we have power over yeah and um like you said getting tight with your community uh being a good mother being a good role model and having you know i guess to be a, a a good person that your daughter can grow up and be proud of and, and try to raise her up with dignity, with morals and with goodness is, is the things that we can have power over. And these are the things we have to concentrate on. Well, <laughs> I have spent a lot of time crying on the internet. I, I was always like, if, if I make a channel, I'm never going to cry. And this has got to be like the 10th time it's happened, but I am really falling into these patterns of despair. And so it's really nice to hear somebody say like, you know, we can live in the hope and that's okay. Mm. Um, and this isn't about Biden. It's not about Trump. And I, I do kind of feel stupid for getting caught up in this whole Trump phenomenon, like, like he was going to save us. And mm. I, I actually feel bad from a moral perspective for contributing to that momentum because it was never about him. Um, all the damage had already been done. You know, it's, it's like trying to Every, save everyone was hoping, everyone was hoping yeah. that the fire would be put out but it wasn't it wasn't no it was like trying to save somebody from a fire that's already been 
burnt to a crisp. I mean, the, the, the inertia started in, in the early 20th century at, at the latest, probably. I mean, the, the wheels have really been turning for a long time. And so we need to think about that. Um, and I think that now the focus really needs to be on what can we build? Um, so that's probably a good note to end on. Um, I'm going to link all of your alt media and everything. So I know your channel is getting throttled, but yeah, I'll link please, YouTube media. I don't, I don't care about YouTube anymore. So <laughs> like, yeah, any alt media that I have, unfortunately, parlors down gab yeah. is almost becoming unusable. I haven't uh, been able to log in in a while. Neither have I bit shoot is you can upload. It'll take hours. But the problem is, is that they're having real serious problems with, um, play playability. And everything's getting attacked. Telegram's getting attacked. But um, yeah, if if any of your your listeners want to, please just you know, not big tech. Follow me on all the alt techs if you can. Okay. Um, and uh, I just want to say thank you very very much for having me. Uh, it's it's a pleasure to talk to you again. To tell you the you truth, too. I, it's been I, really I miss, nice I miss, to catch up. I miss talking with you. Um, yeah. I think we have a, a pretty good rapport, you and I. And um, yeah, definitely. You know, we should do this again. Yeah, we absolutely will. We absolutely will. A hundred percent. And I want you specifically, I want you to see that the positivity that's coming your way because it's coming. We just have to believe in it. That's we all. do. Yeah. Well, I think that's a good note to end on. So thank you so much for joining me, Felix. Um, and I will post this right now. And then, yeah, check him out in the description and on alt media. And I'll see you guys later. Thank you so much. Bye.